0: Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are updating on InfuSystem, ticker INFU. Joining me today to give an update on the company is breakout investor, Aaron Warwick. First, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting material for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor platform, which can be accessed over the app or breakapp.breakoutinvestors.com. You can download the mobile app on the Android App Store or on Apple. The application and much of the research content is free. And so to our topic, system Aaron, can you give us a quick update on what happened to the company in recent
1: times? Yeah, sure, Florian. Um, So Infuse system had a difficult year, at least as it relates to the stock price from about mid-2021 up until recent times. uh, Several things happened. Uh, The company has actually executed extremely well on uh, their operational and and strategic plan. Uh, But I think the reason for the disappointing stock price is that analysts had uh, some different expectations. I would sum this up by saying that Infu system, up until about mid 2021, was a fairly reliable uh, cash cow. They're producing a good operating cash flow. Uh, they were consistently beating and raising on their guidance. And so there were a lot of investors that were sort of just riding that train. Uh, what happened in 2021 is that some unforeseen um, positive market, positive for infu in the long run, positive markup market developments occurred and infu system decided to pivot to make some investment uh, in some new indications that they can offer in integration, integrated therapy services. In addition, um, they invested in and in, uh, biomedical services uh, which they've now are expanding and they invested in two different companies Uh, to help bolster um, their abilities uh, in that area of their business. And um, so they ended up missing uh, their guidance, both top and and bottom line guidance for the year 2021. Um, But they did all of this to get to the point where I believe they're at now, as we're sitting here in Q2 2022, which is they're going to go back, it looks like, to being a cash cow while still growing the top line and the bottom line significantly and probably getting back to a consistent uh, beat and raise uh, type of model. So we basically had last year
0: kind of a perfect storm, right? They had this quarter where they missed their guidance completely um, and then they had talked about a very big deal that got delayed, but that finally got realized recently can
1: you talk about this, this deal and the significance for the company? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you're right about what happened. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that was uh, was harmful uh, to Infuse System is the fact that there was, uh, you know, th- this contract they had mentioned that they thought that they were going to have, that they won and they thought was going to be executed by the end of 2021, got delayed, didn't, was not uh, executed until, I believe April of this year, 2022. And so, um, system because of the, you know, because they couldn't reveal who, um, their partner was last year before this was fully executed. Uh, they couldn't explain what happened. Uh, it, be- it became apparent now that we know that their partner is GE healthcare, that, you know, GE was involved in spinning off into three separate companies, one of them being GE healthcare, three separate divisions. And, um, so this, this delayed um, the execution of the contract. The good news behind it is that not only did uh, Infuse system end up you know, finalizing that contract as I had expected all along, it was, it was very clear to me that they never lost that contract, that it was just a delay. Uh, but what's interesting is that instead of the contract being for uh, very specific DME items, uh, it's actually a master service agreement with GE Healthcare, which is even better than infuse system expected back in last year when they announced this development uh, which means that uh, Infuse system has the capability to expand their relationship quite easily under the uh, with GE Healthcare under this master services agreement because they don't have to go back out and go through a whole entire bidding uh, process uh, but GE can can very quickly and easily add other, Um, other items to uh, what Infuse Service uh, services for them. Very good. So so that contract
0: is in place now, which is fairly good news. Um, Still, we had a fair amount of pressure on the stock specifically. So we know in general, the stock is not particularly liquid. And we know some brokers tend to have difficulties um, giving access. And so there was an additional headwind just for the stock itself. Um, which is the Russell. So can you talk about
1: what that, what I mean by that and what had happened and what is happening? Yeah, so Infuse system dropped, uh, I believe around 33%. So it's cut in one third, the, the market cap, uh, after they uh, released preliminary Q4 and full year 21 results in early February of this year. At that time, they also indicated the uncertainty surrounding uh, when they would uh, close on this contract with what we now know as GE Healthcare that seemed to cause people to panic. Um, so it led to this decrease in the, in the share price. Uh, simultaneous to that, uh, you then have, uh, it becomes clear at that price that Infuse System is no longer uh, high enough in the market, you have to qualify for the Russell 2000 index, which they're currently in. Uh, each year in June, the Russell 2000 index is reconstituted. And the Russell 2000, for those that are unfamiliar, of the top 3,000 publicly traded companies in the United States, the Russell 2000 represents the 2,000 smallest of those 3,000. So from 1,001 down to 3,000. Uh, Infuse system had been part of that index since 2020. What happens starting in January and then more as you move towards May and June uh, is that you have institutions uh, who follow the Russell 2000. So for example, my wife's 401k, it has a a small cap fund that essentially just uh, mirrors the Russell 2000. That's an investment option that we have in her plan. There's a lot of 401ks and other IRAs and so forth that track the Russell 2000 uh, as part of their plan. And so they have to buy and sell um, shares of these companies to follow, you know, match the Russell 2000 performance. Uh, So in January, February, March and so forth, uh, these institutions start taking a a close look at what companies are likely to be added to the Russell 2000 index and which are likely uh, to be removed in the case of InFuse System, they realized that Infuse System was likely to be removed from the index. Uh, what these institutions then do is they hire third parties to uh, start shorting shares of InFU system and other companies that are going to be removed from the index so that when it comes to reconstitution day, you don't have these stocks completely plummet all at once. You, you know, it, this creates more order to the market. Uh, so this th- that increased the selling pressure on Infuse system. as you mentioned, very liquid stock. We saw that actually the, the exact opposite of this happened in 2020 when Infuse system uh, was added to the Russell 2000. there was this tailwind that you know there was this sort of a forced buying or artificial buying, you might say um, because these institutions wanted to hold Infuse system because they were going to be part of the Russell 2000. So that's been a pressure on uh, Infuse system since, you know, at least that announcement in February, uh, it increased as we got closer, uh, to May 6th, I think it was, which is the market cap cutoff for who makes the Russell 2000. And then, um, the Russell 2000 starts to release a uh, list of who's going to be in, who's going to be out. You'll get some people that were late to the game that, that don't think about it as much in advance. And so this has continued the, the selling pressure, I believe after the, uh, after their recent earnings announcement, and that's why we saw the stock was up significantly the day after the earnings announcement, which was May six, the ranking day, or excuse me, the market cap day. And uh, then on Monday, the stock went down significantly because I think you know we institutions started getting the list; they saw Infusystem wasn't on it, and that created the selling pressure. But uh, so that is mostly in the rearview mirror. There could be some more of that perhaps throughout May but you also have potentially infuse system buying back some shares. Uh, We won't find out about that, of course, until they announce their Q2 results, but they gave some hints on the call that that would potentially be an option for them. But nonetheless, by, by the time we get to uh, the middle part of June, that's going to be completely behind us um, in terms of the Russell 2000. The other thing I would mention is that, you know, infuse system gets this sort of a double whammy as it relates to the Russell 2000, because, in addition to the selling that's going on, you know, because they're going to be removed from the Russell 2000, you also have the Russell 2000 index itself going down significantly uh, as part of the overall market. And so Infuse System is still part of it. So they're going down because of that as well. So you know, a lot of selling pressure on shares over the last uh, couple of months. And that should, again, all be in the rearview mirror as we start to get into the later part of May. And and certainly by the time we get to mid-June, it should be completely behind us. And shares should be fairly free then to um, get to a fair valuation. Right. And to put
0: some numbers on that, I have seen estimates of between 1.5 million and 2 million shares to be sold um, just because of uh, that dropping out of the Russell. And that stands against average daily volumes of 100,000 to 200,000. Right, so that is a significant pressure from what is essentially price insensitive selling, and so once we have that behind us, as you said, the stock should be a little more freely and maybe even supported by a buyback from the company. And so, yeah, I guess to I guess to finish this, um, if you look ahead towards the next quarters and even years, um, what are we, what do we have to look forward
1: to? Yeah. So in the near term, uh, this year, uh, the company is signaling uh, significant uh, top and bottom line growth. And so uh, uh, for the year, we're expecting you know roughly 20% uh, growth in terms of their uh, top line guidance, 15 to 20%. They said uh, up to 118 to $123 million. And then for adjusted EBITDA, they expect it to be in the range of 24 to 27 million dollars. Now, if you look at the conference call, um, that management signaled, in a couple of different occasions, that as part of their guidance, they assumed that there would be some more COVID disruptions, that there would be, you know, another wave of, of COVID, and/or that there would be some supply chain issues, which they seem not to have experienced much of at this point and and some other contingencies that were built in there. So I think it's entirely possible, as I said, that that Infuse system is going to be getting back to this beat and raise mindset. Uh, so it's possible that they'll get beyond even that $27 million uh, in adjusted EBITDA. Uh, regardless, I think by the end of the year, you know, you're going to be talking about by the end of the calendar year and their fiscal year, you're going to be talking about them being on a run rate that's going to be you know, significantly higher than that twenty-seven million dollars in in adjusted But I would expect them to be probably a thirty million or more on a run rate level as we exit uh, this calendar year. Uh, in terms of a three to five year uh, time frame, I really think that that, uh, based upon what they're saying um, qualitatively, when you start putting pen to paper, uh, it's quite possible that within the next three to five years, they, they could be around a $250 million revenue company, uh, you know, somewhere around uh, $70 to $80 million in adjusted EBITDA. And you look at that now and compare it to their current market cap of uh, roughly $170 million enterprise value, probably a little bit higher than that, maybe closer towards $200 million. But nonetheless, you can see uh, if they're able to execute on that, and I believe they will, they've been as I said, even with the share price going up and down back and forth, they operationally, they've executed. Uh, so I believe that'll continue. Uh, but you see what a value they are if they can if they can produce that kind of adjusted EBITDA in the next three to five years. and you know you're you're looking at uh, <laughs> on future EBITDA, they're only trading at less than three times about two and a half times uh, that expected adjusted EBITDA.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Very nice. Uh, Aaron, thanks for the update. Let's call it a day, I would say. That was yeah, 10 minutes. Sure Thank you very much, Aaron. Um, we are Breakout Investors. This podcast is an easy on-ramp to understand what is going on uh, with our companies and to show you the research and collaboration we do. For further discussion and research on entry system and many other companies like that, please join us on our platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com or on the app itself via Apple or the Android store. The Breakout Investors 10 Minutes podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or whatever, wherever podcasts are available. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not Breakout Investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and in any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage. Therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment
1: advisor. No one is providing investment advice. For investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.